Well, hi. Good morning. Um, so we have a special thing going on this morning where we get to hear from uh, our first long-term missionary family that we sent out over a year ago. They're back, and they're back for just a number of weeks. Yeah. Um, that was a long run. Um, and, and they have some things to share with us, to encourage us, to give us an update on what's going on. And uh, it's really fun to look back, um, not only on their journey of how the Lord's called them into long-term missions in South Africa, but just our journey as a church. God, from very early on here at Moran Park, is just instilled in us. It's not just about what, what's going on here at Moran Park, but that God's name would be made great here in West Michigan and to the ends of the earth. That the glory of Jesus would fill the earth. That we long to see lost people come to know the Lord. And, and that people's hearts would grow in submission and surrender and worship to, to Jesus. And so God led us to get involved in some different aspects of missions. He led us for, uh, for a season to get involved with caring for widows and orphans in Haiti. Which you have heard of that. And, and actually until recently God, God recently said, Hey, our time in Haiti is done. Not because that's bad, but because... Uh, that was for that season. And that church is in a great place where they're continuing the work. And, and we are looking for more of a partnership than just financial. And so God has been raising up missionaries in our midst that we can not only support financially, but we can encourage and spur one another on. Because the work that they're doing there may look a little bit different in its context, but it's the same work we want to do here. We want to be about making disciples that make disciples and that's the work that they're doing there. And so sometimes it's tempting to say, okay, cool, missionaries are here, they're going to share. That's for them. That's not for me. They're, they're special people that are called to Africa. So that's, this stuff's for them. And we tend to write it off for ourselves. And I hate to tell you, I don't hate to tell you, I'm pleased to tell you. <laughs> we're all called to be missionaries. Right? So um, we are all called to do the work of Jesus, be like him and do what he did and to go make disciples. Some of you, it will be to the ends of the earth. Some of you, it's going to be in your schools, in your neighborhood. And one is not more important than the other. Our job is to listen and obey and make him known through our words and deeds. So, with that being said, um, welcome back, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you just give a little update on kind of your family, for those that don't know. How you ended up going to South Africa. Yeah, catch us up to speed a little bit. Yeah, thanks. Um, first of all, though, I just want to say thank you to everyone here that um, has been family for us. Because um, the, the, really, honestly, the hardest thing that we have to face is missing family and friends in our church here. And um, just the way that you guys have all um, supported us uh, with prayers and financially. And some of you have even come to see us. Um, it's really, really good to be back, and we really appreciate all you guys do for us. Um, but also, um, to, to kind of tell our story, <laughs> you're crying already. Already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he started talking about family and friends and how much we miss people, and that just always starts the waterworks. So. <laughs> um, our story that we usually tell takes like an hour. We don't have that, so we're going to tell it um, rather quickly, and... Um, Part of our job as missionaries, we feel, um, because we're away, is to bring what we learn back and to help, um, just to help share what, what God has been doing in our lives so that it can help others here too. Um, so our story, our short story, 
um, for me, kind of started uh, when I became a Christian in, uh, in university. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't have that great background or anything. Um, great parents, but just not a Christian influence. Um, so for the first six years or so of my life as a Christian, I was just, looking back, I can see I was, I was just trying to be a good Christian, just trying to do a good job at it. And um, something changed that. And uh, I knew that something was, was kind of different when at work I, I, was, um, I was a sprinkler fitter, so I worked up in the ceiling on boom lifts and big, big machinery. And um, one day when I was working up there, I, I was just sort of lost singing and praising, doing worship songs, and I hear this guy honking his horn on his lift. I was apparently in his way or something, but I had no clue what was going on. I was, I was working, but I was not really present. Um, so God had definitely gotten a hold of our hearts, and um, the things that I began to ask him were like, okay, this, this life that I've been living really hasn't been what I thought it would be. And I, I asked him what my life really was supposed to look like. What should I be doing as a Christian, as a person? What does my life look like? And um, I kept kind of hearing missions, and I didn't really know what that meant. And at the time, I was traveling a lot. Uh, I would be away for three weeks, and then I'd come home for a week. So I had a lot of time away from family and Carolyn. And, um, before long, Carolyn had approached me with um, something that had been on her heart, too. And lo and behold, it was missions. So separately, we came together on mission work, but we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know what that looked like. Um, so, like most westernized western culture people, we try to figure out like the best way to do something. We want to learn about it. We want to do it the right way. We want to achieve it and be good at it. So we said we need to find a school that we can go to that's going to teach us how to be a good missionary. Um, so we did some research and and we ended up in a place in Mozambique, and we were there for three months, um, split our time between South Africa and Mozambique. And um, through that time, we didn't learn any practical steps on how to be a missionary. There's absolutely nothing. <laughs> we, we were looking for that. We had really hoped for that. But we got, we got a lot better. We, got, um, we, we learned how to be really um, intentional about our faith. In, in Jesus and how to grow really deep, intimate relationship with him and to pursue him. Um, so that was, that was more valuable than any practical stuff they could have taught us. Um, yeah, because even at one point, the, the leaders of the school, they stood up and they're like, we can't tell you how to be missionaries. We're like, what? <laughs> you guys are like the best missionaries we know. And they said, well, really, it just comes out of your intimacy with the Lord. They said, in wherever the Lord places you, your community, your people group, your, your neighbors are going to look different than our people group and our neighbors and our community. So really what you have to do is, is be in an intimate relationship with the Lord and listening to his heart for his people in that community. And out of that intimacy will flow what he wants you to do with that group. So, And we each have, really have different gifts, too, that yeah. we're good at. And some things that we're, we're really good at, um, others may not. And uh, we're called to use each, each gift that we've been given accordingly. So um, while we were in South Africa, um, actually the whole time we were at our, uh, away at school, um, 
you know, Carol and I knew that we were, we were going to go somewhere. So at every place we, we went to, uh, we were in four different areas. Every place we went to, I was thinking, like, wow, this, this is really good. We could, we could really do some good here. I see there's a lot of needs, and we could probably do it. And I would tell Carolyn, and she just kind of said, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to go to the bush of Mozambique. <laughs> the uh, bush bush was the place I knew for sure we were not supposed to go. <laughs> hey, I thought it was great. Um, and she, she just kept saying, I feel like we're really supposed to wait until we're done with school. The last place, then we can talk about it. We'll have a good base for, for what we've seen, what we know. And, and we can decide then. And the last place we ended up was in Robertson. And we were both just so at peace about the, the prospect of staying there that we talked about it and said, yeah, this is it. We're going to come back. Carolyn, for you, when you guys decided, like, okay, we're going to Robertson, what was your heart at, at that point? You're like, all right, let's go. I'm all in. Or were there some reservations? Um, for me, there were definitely some reservations. Um, I was pregnant at the time with our little Sky Titus, and all of my friends were pregnant, and my brother was going to be getting married, and we were all supposed to be in his wedding. And, um, and we had three kids. And we, had three, and we had three other kids. And um, one of the big things the Lord was really just working on me about was um, comfort. Uh, our process getting to Africa or getting even just into the mindset of missions was that I, he was leading me to be uncomfortable with the level of comfort that we had. But I really like comfort. <laughs> and, um, and so a lot of that, I mean, there's a lot of unknown into moving across the world. And, oh, what is it going to be like having a baby there? I don't really want to. I want to be here for my friend's birth. I want to be here for my brother's weddings. Uh, I, I had a lot of excuses, and I really struggled. I fought with the Lord for a while, probably a good month. Um, and in the end, I just felt him ask me, he said, are the reasons you don't want to go, like, legitimate, like, discerning reasons, or is it fear and selfishness? And darn it, it was fear and selfishness. And those are not good reasons to be disobedient. So... Um, I had to really just surrender that to the Lord and, and say, okay, you know, I don't know what it looks like. I don't have it figured out, but you do. And I don't think you would lead us into a place that you, that we wouldn't be, um, like in your heart. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't lead us there and then stay behind. <laughs> like you wouldn't just drop us off. So, um, so that's when I really began to just accept and be okay with, with going. So you guys end up going to South Africa, Robertson, South Africa. You get there, all your kids intact. Um, what, what's the work look like, and how did you decide what, what kind of work to do? Yeah, we, we, um, we knew that there were going to be other missionaries that we knew um, there. So uh, we kind of figured that we would be under them, that they'd be able to tell us what to do. They'd help us out. They'd guide us. We'd kind of be under their wing. Um, and we even thought that we were going to be staying with them on, a, on their farm. And about two weeks before we left, the housing that we had arranged fell through. So um, we had to have conversation with them. Like, is this, is this a wait? Is this don't come? Like, what does this look like? And we still felt really strongly on our hearts that we were supposed to go and that that time was the right time. So we said, we just need to go. And um, 
we, we talked about what it might look like for us to live in town and for them to stay out on the farm and uh, decided that was probably okay. So they, they started to look for a house for us to rent and found one for us, uh, actually found two, and asked us which one we wanted. And we said, we don't know. We have no idea. We've never seen either of them. We'll just trust you. So they, they picked the one that we're in, and uh, we traveled off to South Africa, and we, um, we arrived, and we didn't know what to do. We had no idea. Um, people here had sent us there. They paid for our plane tickets, and they're paying for us to live there, and we had to do something. Um, <laughs> Couldn't, couldn't just be a vacation as much as that would have been um, nice. Um, so we just kind of, we, we spent a lot of time in the Word. We were like, God, what do you want us to do? And, and we came to the passage that talked about um, loving God and, and loving your neighbors. It's Luke 10. 27. 27, yeah. Um, so, okay, we'll start with that. We'll start with trying to love God and love our neighbors. Um, we, we love God pretty decently. And um, let's work on loving our neighbors. So we just started doing that. We would walk out as a family with a stroller. The kids would all go, and Carolyn would waddle along being pregnant. And, um, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we just looked for people that looked like they, they would take some encouragement and prayer, and we got to talk to people and got to know them. And um, looking back, we did a lot of things wrong, but we were doing something. And... Uh, it just began to grow. We learned better how to love people. We learned better how to um, pray into what their needs were. We were able to learn what their lives looked like on a daily basis and um, able to see sort of the needs that were there that we didn't necessarily know about right away. Can you talk to us a little bit about that fear of failure? Like, I think a lot of times here, we don't walk in obedience what God tells us to do because we're, we we're going to screw it up or we're not going to do it right, and we're going to fail at something. It just didn't sound like that was a huge barrier for you. How, how did you guys overcome that fear of not doing it right and just walking boldly in obedience? Um, I think for myself, it's just, I just always knew that God was going to um, lift us up, that he was going to help us to learn what we needed to learn. He was going to be doing the work behind the scenes that we, we really can't do in our flesh. And... Um, that we really just had to be intentional, that uh, we couldn't wait until we were good enough to do something, mm-hmm. that we had, to, we had to just go and do the work. Um, yeah. I know, Carolyn, your, your story about when we were living in Allegan, I don't know if that kind of... Yeah, I mean, what, before we even went anywhere... The whole, like, we have no idea how to be missionaries. What does a missionary look like? What does a missionary do? And so we could kind of think about, like, people we knew who were missionaries. And when we moved out of uh, our we sold our house in Holland and had to move to an apartment in Allegan. And so we're like, well, this is probably maybe a safer place to start pretending to be a missionary. So, so what would a missionary do in this situation? And it was okay, we would probably, like, get to know our neighbors, invite them to dinner. You know, we, we had this one particular neighbor who didn't, didn't have any transportation and, and was just really struggling in a lot of areas of her life. And um, we just invited her to dinner, took her to the store. And, and out of that, you know, grew a relationship where we were able to, to talk about Jesus and talk about our hope in Jesus and, and just really 
present the gospel in a really tangible way. Um, we were just his hands and feet. And, and there was um, somebody I know said, you know, or there was a question about, well, if I do what Jesus asked me to do, or if I go where he asked me to go, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop being me, or I'm going to lose who I am. And, and the woman's response was just something that's really stuck with me. She said, you don't become less than yourself because Jesus' presence in you is larger. And the more you surrender, the more you become who he always intended you to be. And so a lot of times, I, you know, when I'm tempted to think, oh, my gosh, it's, it's all on me. I have to do this right. It's, it's not on me at all. It's not about me at all. It's about Jesus and who he is and glorifying him. So you can, I can kind of take the pressure off myself sometimes when I'm like, well, it's not about me, Jesus. It's got to be about you. So you're going to have to do it because I don't have a clue. Yeah, and, and a lot of what we had to do was to, to just stop and seek the opportunities that were in front of us. Um, for example, with our house, there's a storefront on it, and we didn't really know what that would be good for for us. I mean, what, what do missionaries have business doing starting up a small little grocery shop and bakery? Um, but we, we began to pray about it and ask God, maybe this can be used. Maybe this is one of those opportunities that we need to utilize. And um, so we could see a, a huge benefit in integrating us into the community, helping us to learn um, different things and um, bring people to us rather than us having to go out because now we had four kids and um, that's just hard <laughs> so so we opened the shop up and we started to sell groceries and Carolyn started to bake and um, it really was working out great and then uh, we knew that Carolyn was not able to handle all the baking so um, kind of a problem arose and we needed to figure out what to do so we could see another opportunity come about because of that, where there's an opportunity to um, bring in some ladies to work that we could disciple really closely, that we could build a really deep relationship with, and then we were able to include them in ministry that we were doing. Um, so it's not like we have sat down and built up this great grand scheme and plan of how to do this. It's just being aware of, of what kind of opportunities are in front of us each and every day and every moment and listening to God and talking to God about what can we do with this opportunity? How do we move forward with it? Yeah, we really had, I mean, you, if you would have asked us, what are you going to do there? And people did. What are you doing there? Well, we didn't really know because we didn't, it, it wasn't a, <clears throat> a very long process of, you know, let's take a year and raise support and really figure out what we're doing there. It was like God told us to go, so we're going. We have no idea what that looks like. I guess we'll figure it out when we get there. And you just, I don't know, you just do the next right thing, I feel like, is, is what we did. Like, yeah. Today, what does that look like? Somebody comes to our door. Okay, that's who we're supposed to minister to today. Like, I'm just trying to to love people, and um, and love looks different for each person. Sometimes love meant giving five rand, which is like fifty cents, and sometimes it meant giving out food or clothing, and sometimes it meant telling people no. Like, and then it it just it looks different for each person, and. Um, Really, the, the ladies that um, we have working for us have been m my biggest ministry opportunity. Um, again, when I was kind of fighting with the Lord, I'm like, okay, God, I've, I've got four kids. I can't, do, I can't do anything. Like, I can't do work. Like, I've got kids. That's my work. And I said, so, because so, that's what you do is you tell God what to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
was like, so God, if you want me to do something other than what I'm doing, you're going to have to bring it to me, like into, in here, because I can't go out and I'm not going to. <laughs> um, and sure enough, he just brought the people to us. <laughs> like we didn't, I didn't have to go out. He brought the ladies um, here. And it's really just doing life like as a Christian with a lot of people watching, <laughs> um, which is really awkward. I tend to be um, introverted. And, and so having people in my house all the time is, is really uncomfortable for me. But again, like the Lord continues to, I know for myself that unless I'm uncomfortable, I'm not going to depend on the Lord. I'm, I like to be in control and I like to know what's happening and I love lists and schedules and um, so when I'm uncomfortable, like that's when I'm really dependent on the Lord to, to do the work. Cause I, I can't. And, um, all the time the ladies are like, Oh, today when you said this or did that, or like that really spoke to me. And I really heard the Lord say X, Y, Z. And, and I'll be like, what? Like, when did that even happen? <laughs> and, and it's just living life. I, there's, um, one of our women who I just like, Love. I've loved watching her grow in the Lord. And um, my son, one of them, I don't remember which one, had hit her one day. And I'm like, oh. And in my head, I'm like, oh, she's seeing how I'm feeling as a mother. And I can't even keep my kids together. And, like, he's just running around. And so I disciplined him and sent him to his room and then talked to him and then brought him back out. I'm like, now you have to apologize to me. And you have to tell her you're sorry for hitting her and ask her for her forgiveness. And he begrudgingly did that <clears throat> and then went off to play. And I look up and she's like bawling. And I'm like, crap, like, <laughs> I just totally blew it. Like she hates working here. And I said, Mian, I'm so sorry that that happened. I, you know, I wish it didn't, yada, yada. And she's like, no, you don't understand. No one has ever done that for me before. Like, no one has ever asked their child to apologize for bumping into me or whatever it was. She's like, That's, that would never have happened. So thank you, you know, for doing that. Um, and a few weeks later, we were in our, one of our one-on-ones. That's one of the things I do with the ladies is just meet with them once a week for 30 minutes. And she had said, again, in tears, she cries a lot too. And, um, <laughs> She's like, I don't know if you guys will ever know how you've changed my life. She's like, you've restored my humanity back to me. And that's, and, and she said, I want to love, I want to love God until I die. And like, like, that's why we're there. Like, we're just building relationships with people and, and showing them and just like guiding them in their, um, to just grow in their own relationships with Jesus. And, and as they do that, like, God makes himself so big and just, um, he's, he's really glorified in it. And so even, I think a lot of times what we do as missionaries doesn't maybe look a lot like, I don't know what I think of as missionaries. Like we don't have a church and we don't, I I don't know, things that real missionaries do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I don't know, we're doing what he's asked us to do. And, and I think it, I think it looks good so far (laughs) what are what are some things that god has taught you this past year or things that you feel like um you can encourage moran park in um 
think the big one is just, just to trust God, trust that he's big enough to do the things that we fear we can't do, that he's asking us to do something. He's asking all of us to do th- something. He's asking us to not just be good at being a Christian, but to be, be effective. And um, in our minds, we think we have to be good Christians in order to be effective. And um, we just have to go do the work and allow him to be himself through us. And um, so, yeah, just, just do what he's saying to do. And you want to share the story too of, you know, sometimes I think we overthink it. Like, Mm-hmm. We read something in the Word, we're like, what possibly could the Lord mean by this to do it? And you're just going, well, that's what it says in the Word. Let's go give it a shot. Yeah. Um, you gotta, why don't you get share that story with us, how you did that with throwing the party? Yeah. Um, for Christmas time, we, we wanted to do something practical and intentional to um, kind of just show the love of Christ. And Carolyn came to me with an idea to have a banquet, like a party, um, like the, the one that's talked about in, in Luke. And other were other places in the gospel too um i think we said luke 14 verse 12 through 14 um this is about inviting not to invite our friends our brothers and relatives or rich neighbors um but to invite the poor the crippled the lame the blind and, and you'll be blessed um so that's that's what we did we decided we would have uh, a christmas lunch for those who we knew uh, probably wouldn't be able to eat that day or if they did they were going to be eating scraps or or leftovers Um, so we had some of our friends help us we had two ladies from the states visiting us at the time so that was a big help and then we had one of the ladies that works at the shop help us and uh, we put together really good meals we had chicken legs and thighs and um, good southern meals fried chicken and mashed potatoes and I don't remember what else it was Coleslaw in there. Coleslaw and soda pop. Yeah, it was really nice. And we were able to make about 75 of them. And um, we went out and called people in that, that were on the street that we, we kind of knew beforehand might need a meal. And uh, we still had a lot left. So I got in my car and took off out into the um, different township areas and uh, started to pick up people that hadn't eaten that day. And I would ask all the, the people that I knew, hey, do you know anyone that's not going to eat today? And um, so we just brought whoever we could, and I think there's, we have a video on my phone. Um, we had 11 people piled into our, our little car, our, <laughs> just bringing them back, and, and we got to sit and talk with them and pray with them and um, just build relationships with them, and it was, it was a really good time. We left the, uh, the day probably feeling a bit more prideful than we should have, but it was just really awesome to see God doing a good thing through us and we were really we did feel blessed to be able to do what we did and the follow up of that was pretty difficult for me because a, a few weeks went by and one night when I went to the hospital to pray for people Carolyn was home with the kids and this was before we had all our security doors and burglar bars and everything and while they were there in the house one of those guys two of those guys actually together um broken our house and stole my phone and I'm just thinking how how can anyone even have the conscience to do that and I was really angry upset and um, really offended that here we are we've left our lives in the states and we've gone to Africa and we've given up everything we have to go 
help these people, to serve them, to show them Jesus, and this is the, the payment that we get. And it was hard for me. I was really upset. Um, but the flip side is that one of the other guys there, who he's good friends with, was at the hospital one of the nights that I went to pray. And he had gotten caught, not, not necessarily caught, he got caught up in some stealing, broke into somebody's car. I'm not sure if he did it or not. He says he didn't, but his friend was the one that did it, the one that broke in our house. And the result was that he got beat by, by some guys that figured it was him. And when I was there at the hospital, I saw him, and he was sleeping, and I thought, oh, man, here's my chance. I'm waking this guy up. We're going to talk. I'm going to get to the bottom of this, this phone issue. I'm going to let him have it. And um, while we talked, he says, hey, I, I just need to be honest. I didn't steal your phone, but um, my other buddy did. And, um, but we got to talk for, for the whole time. He's the only person I prayed for that night. And through our talking, he says, you know, um, I've realized that, that um, you know, I didn't do the crime, but I'm the one taking the penalty. It's like, hey, <laughs> you know, there's someone else <laughs> who can really relate. And so it was a great transition talking about Jesus, and he knows about Jesus, but I think it really connected with him through his own life experiences that something, something clicked that day. And from that point on, he's not been the same. He said he wanted to go to rehab, and he hasn't, but um, I can see that his life is differently, is different um, when I talk to him on the street. And it, it grew our relationship together, too. So It's just um, so encouraging. Um, I think sometimes we, we walk in obedience expecting a certain result. Yeah. And if we don't get that result, we're like, oh, forget it, I'm done. But yeah. I think what you guys are so encouraging with is like, well, God tells us to do it. And success is obedience, not necessarily the fruit that comes. Yeah, exactly. And, and you guys are just so faithful in the work God's called you to you and leaving the fruit up to him. And um, what an incredible example of, of just wanting to obey the Lord no matter the cost. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's really tempting just to give up on him at it's that hard, point. And just sure. be like, you sure. jerk, just, you know, I'm never talking to you again. But... Um, <laughs> What about you, Carolyn? Anything that you want to encourage Moran Park with? Anything God's been teaching you this past year? Yeah, I think just the the biggest stretch for me has really been just discipling the women again because it just feels so out of my comfort zone. I'm I'm always tempted to be like, I don't know enough. I don't. I'm not mature enough, and all of these things disqualify me from mentoring the women. Um, but I had read something in in Luke six forty, and it says. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And that's just been such a challenge for me that that my goal, again, like, it's not me. It's, it's to be so taken over by Jesus that people will see him when they see me or hear him when they hear me speak. And, and so I, it's always, like, I just, it's a challenge to just to be less and to to make Jesus be more, um, but it, when I do that, then it allows Him to do the work, and um, and the ladies are, are are blessed by it, and then we see them going out and doing the work, and and that's really the goal because they're going to be more effective in their communities than we are, um, and so yeah, I would, I think I would just challenge Moran Park that like mission work isn't a geographical location like it doesn't matter where you are 
mission work is is an attitude of the heart, really. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can do the work that Jesus calls you to do because if he calls you to do it, he's going to equip you to do it, and and he's going to be glorified in the process. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his will that everyone be saved. So uh, we all have a part in accomplishing his will here on earth. I awesome. Think. Yeah. So you guys are heading back soon. Uh, what does the work look like when you are heading back to South Africa? Well, we want to continue what we've what we started. We want to continue to disciple these ladies and um, just to grow their their confidence in themselves and ability to see opportunities and um, pursue them and achieve and um, just to continue lifting them up them up and to um, also encourage them more to go out and do the work with us that we're doing and also to do it on their own, not just because they're with us. Um, and then. Gary Miedema is coming, which is a huge answer to prayer for me. I had been praying for someone, anyone, and um, <laughs> it's Gary. So, yeah, um, he and I kind of have been talking a lot about reaching out to some of the more um, less reached people. I think, uh, for the most part, from my experiences, everyone has has heard of Jesus. They they know about him a bit. In our time. Um, in our, in our community, and we would like to get out to people that don't have access to um, maybe some teaching or uh, maybe they've not even heard of, heard of Jesus yet, but we want to go um, a little deeper and a little further and um, work pretty intensively with some of the farm communities and um, villages if we come across any. So that's kind of the main focuses that we have right now. Cool. So as Gary joins them, um, they're, as you said, they're going to continue the work uh, in Robertson, but going to these new areas where they're going to start up house churches, as we're doing here, making disciples and make disciples, as we're doing here. Um, they have some real practical needs that I think as the church Ryan Park, we can get behind them. Some of them are some upfront costs for the ministry that they're uh, going to be continue to step into, and, and they're, they need to raise about $25,000 for some vehicles, uh, bigger vehicles to do ministry in Robertson and, and nicer, more, re, more reliable vehicles as trucks to go out into these remote villages where Gary will be joining Mike in that. And so we want to invite you to help financially support the work in South Africa. And you can do that. If you write a check to Ryan Park, just put South Africa in the memo line. Um, you can give online and in the memo there. Just put South Africa. Uh, you can put it on one of the... Um, envelopes in the Dropbox, put South Africa, and, and that money will go to help fund some of the w- things that they need to step into some new work as they've been faithful and God has blessed their current work. They, they want to continue to see the kingdom expand, and you can uh, directly be a part of that through finances. Um, the other way is um, Mike and Carolyn, as well as Gary, uh, have some monthly financial needs, and if God is stirring in your heart to contribute financially on a monthly basis, there is some information uh, up front here. You can talk to them. There's also, they're going to be at the picnic um, in, a, in a tent with more information. So if you've got questions about the ministry they're doing, uh, you want to talk more about it with them, hear more stories, support them, encourage them, they're going to be uh, over there that you can, you can do that as well. But you can always pray for them and encourage them. But there are some real practical financial needs as well that we do invite you to. Don't give out a guilt or obligation. Ask the Lord and see what the Lord says. And he'll tell you what to do in regards to giving in these areas. Okay? So, any uh, final thoughts or words that you want to you say to Moran Park? 
Uh, on my way in this morning, I was thinking of, of James um, chapter 1, verse 2, uh, talking about perseverance, and, and I've sort of always thought about that in, in light of being good at being a Christian. And um, the more I think about that, and it was just kind of brought to my mind this morning, that um, the perseverance we face is when we're, when we're struggling to be effective at, at doing the things that we should be doing as a Christian. So when we go out and we try to love someone, and it doesn't work, well, how do we do that better? And that's where we're going to be um, built, we're going to be mature and complete, not lacking anything, that we will have those, um, those skills and those abilities that God has equipped us with through the doing of the work. So um, in order to have perseverance through trials, um, I don't think they're talking specifically about the trials that just come at us through life and focus on being comfortable and happy and uh, all those sort of things. But I think it's, it's more specific about the trials that we face in trying to be um, effectively used by God. Um, so that was, that was just on my heart this morning. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I just thank you guys for sharing. I thank you for your encouragement. Um, for me, what I continue to be inspired by is that you're not these big professionals that have it figured out that you are ordinary people that walk in simple obedience. And the fruit that has come from that is, is encouraging to hear about. And so thanks for being with us. Thanks for your testimony you. and encouragement. And um, I want to pray for us. Is it cool? Pray for you guys? Yeah. All thank right. you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for my brother, my sister, for all their kiddos. God, I thank you for the work that you called them to. I thank you for their uh, simple, radical obedience. Uh, I thank you, God, that they have hearts that want to uh, walk with you and please you, um, but it's out of a heart of intimacy. So, God, as Carolyn said uh, toward the beginning of, of what she shared, that this all has to flow out of intimacy with the Father. So, God, I pray that you would draw them into greater intimacy with their, you, God, their Heavenly Father. I pray that that would be the case for all of us, God, that you would draw us so graciously into deeper uh, relationship with you, deeper intimacy with you, God. Um, and that out of that would flow a heart of surrender, submission, and obedience, God. Uh, God, I pray that the things that they share with us today, that they would go deep in our heart and, and we would grow in faith and say, Ah, God, what you've done for them, you can do for us too. And so we just pray your blessing over them, your protection over their, them, and endurance and a filling up of your Holy Spirit, God, that as they go back, Lord, that they would be invigorated for the next season of ministry that lays, lies before them. That you give them spiritual eyes to see where you're working, what you're calling them to, God. And that you would continue to speak clearly. God, continue to bring them to mind for us here. That we would um, pray for them as you bring them to mind. And I pray, God, that you speak specifically to folks here about how they can partner with the work going on in South Africa. And we praise you and we pray this in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.